0: Be Wealthy and Smart, Episode 55. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's episode, what you'll learn are how 500 retirees realized a solid retirement income. Their biggest fear in retirement, which may surprise some of you. How they retired successfully, even if they didn't start saving in their 20s or in their 30s. And 10 solid tips for a comfortable, no-worry retirement. So this is really interesting because there was a survey of 500 retirees. It's called the Retiree Next Door. And they surveyed what are all their habits. What are the good things they did? What didn't they do? There were some really surprising things as I went through this, and I want to share them with you because some of the things that we're told all the time, like start saving immediately in your 20s, these people didn't do, but they still had very, very comfortable income in the retirement years. So, you know, from the very first time we start our job, we start working in the work world, maybe after college, we're told that we've got to start the in saving in these savings vehicles, an IRA or 401k, and start investing immediately. We all know that the earlier we start investing, the easier it's going to be, the longer we'll have to compound, of course. But not everybody has their mind set on saving so soon. I mean, after all, if you remember back then, I know I was trying to afford a car. I was looking to buy a place to live. You know, maybe some people were getting married and starting families. So people's priorities were very different when they were, you know, when they're young. So not everybody starts their savings plan, even though we're told And we're shown through the numbers that it's a good idea if we do that. So, the other thing is that not everybody knows exactly how much money they're gonna need to retire and how much savings is enough to get you there. And that's a question I get asked all the time. It's like, Linda, is it two million? Is it three million? What's my number? You know, people are really obsessed about that. And the thing is, there's a lot of questions that people have. But few answers out there, and here's why. Number one, you don't know how long you're going to live. So we really can't answer the question if you don't know how long you're going to live. Number two, what's your lifestyle going to be? Are you going to live in the same house you live in now? Or, like most people, are you going to downsize and move to somewhere that's less expensive? A lot of people move to Arizona. It's a lot less expensive there. I was just talking to someone who said he had a very large, very expensive home in Santa Barbara, and now he's retired in Sedona. Much, much less uh, expensive lifestyle there, of course. So his number is going to be a lot different than it was should you know if he had stayed in Santa Barbara. So it really has a lot of moving pieces to it. Also, what's your health going to be? Are you going to be in good health or are you going to be in bad health? Are you gonna have to be in a nursing home? I mean, what are all the different factors of the retirement? It's just impossible to know all the answers in advance. So we do the best that we can. But wouldn't it be helpful to know more about how people who are happily retired with a nice income, how they got that way? Yeah, I thought so. So it's really interesting because the survey demographics were as follows. 86% were age 60 to 79, and 81% are fully retired. About 58% were male, 42% female, and interestingly, 93% had at least some college, while 71% had a college degree, and 46% had a graduate degree. So almost half had a graduate degree. That was really interesting to me. To so education definitely plays a part in being a successful retiree. 54% the of them Check had a net worth website, of half a million to five million. And 69% had a current annual com. income of 50000 to 250000 So those are big ranges. You know, a little over half, a net worth of half a million to five million, so you know, ten times more than the other. That's a big gap. And 69% had current annual income of 50,000 to 250. So again, five times as much. That's a big gap. But what's interesting is that they all still felt very comfortable. They all felt like they had enough income and really had a good retirement. So, you know, again, it depends on where you live, what your cost of living is in your town. So someone who lives in a small town in Arizona or Florida may be really comfortable on $50,000 a year. And no state income tax. So that's another advantage that they have. So there's all these variables to think about. But let's get right to the nuts and bolts of how they did it and how you can use this information to help you reinvent your retirement. So, before retirement, 67% said they lived comfortably, and only 30% said they lived frugally, which is really interesting. But beyond that, this is fascinating, after retirement, about the same amount said 65% said they spend enough to live comfortably, and 35% said they live frugally. So, about the same one-third, two-thirds ratio. What was really interesting to me about that Is it kind of showed me There are people who tend to be frugal throughout life And maybe that's one-third of the population And maybe there's two-thirds of the population That don't want to be frugal throughout their life Now that doesn't mean that they're not careful with their spending I consider myself careful I think about things, I plan for things But I don't consider myself frugal To be frugal, I think someone is actually giving up a lot of things. You know, they're turning the thermostat way down. They're uh, living in much um, a much smaller square footage than they could afford, or they're living way below their means. I mean, it can get very extreme. I was at a conference recently, and one of the very popular bloggers there is a frugalist, and he you know, is in his 30s, is married with a nine-year-old son, rides his bicycle to get the groceries, and then puts them on a cart behind his bicycle and rides them home. You know, that's a frugalist. (laughs) That's not my idea of a lifestyle, but that's his idea of a lifestyle. So there are people that want the frugal lifestyle, and there's two-thirds of us who don't want that frugal lifestyle. So the good news to me was this survey said You don't have to be frugal to have a comfortable retirement. You don't have to be frugal. You don't have to live in 200 square feet behind your house and rent out your main house, as some frugalists are advising. All right, talking about your home, your home is usually your largest purchase or investment. And it was good to see that 43% of these retirees owned their home outright. So a little under half. And that makes sense to me, you know, probably... They are the ones that have lived there a long time. In my last podcast, I talked about how you want to stay in your home as long as possible and look out 20 years if possible or 30 years even to make plans and not to move too frequently. So those who own their home outright obviously had lived there long enough or had enough to have paid cash for it, but they owned their home outright. They also mentioned that driving a car, their car that they chose to drive, was at least two years old. That's 55% of them. And they were driving a car that's fuel efficient and or inexpensive to maintain, which about 30% said they drive an inexpensive to maintain car as a way to minimize the risk of running out of money. So what are the lessons we can learn here? Well, number one, pay an extra one-twelfth of your mortgage to pay it off several years early, but I don't agree that you should pay off all of your mortgage before investing for retirement. I think you should pay an extra one-twelfth, so pay an extra one payment per year, pay a thirteenth payment per year on your mortgage, which will help save you about seven years off your mortgage. But keep your mortgage keep your mortgage it will work in your favor and the other thing is you want to not buy cars too often i've always talked about buying cars a couple years old 2 3 years old in pristine condition that you don't drive off the lot and lose thousands of dollars that just evaporate from your net worth by doing that but by buying something a couple years old you are not having such heavy depreciation so It looks like the successful retirees agreed with that. Uh, One interesting thing was that about 51% of the retirees had no financial concern whatsoever, about half. And I loved seeing that. Let me tell you, that was great because I thought, if you have true financial independence and you're comfortable, why should you be worrying about anything financial? And to me, that peace of mind was just fantastic to see that they really felt that way and that retirees can have that comfort in their older age. I just loved that. So for those who did have concerns, the other half who had financial concerns, about 24% were concerned about incurring substantial health care costs. 23% 23% about maintaining their current standard of living, and 21% minimizing the risks of outliving their savings. So a little bit, you know, about a quarter, concerned about health care, standard of living, and minimize the risks of outliving their savings. Those are the other studies I've seen. People are concerned about outliving their savings. That is a common concern. Uh, 73%, however said their big risk was health care and they are carrying Medicare coverage to, to minimize that risk so really health care becomes one of the biggest concerns and that makes a lot of sense as we get older we worry about our health and our health declining and Medicare is going to be you know figuring into that the shocking results were that, of these successful retirees never made a retirement calculation. So earlier I was talking about what's your number, 2 million, 3 million, what is it? You know, Linda, tell me my number. Well, 36% never made a retirement calculation. So in a way, I'm glad because I do think it's impossible to calculate that number unless you know all those details, including the exact day you're going to die. So the lesson is, focus on the regular savings and investing and make sure you're putting away plenty of money today. Also shocking was that 51% did not start saving in their 20s and 30s. So fully half did not start saving in their 20s and 30s. But um, they did save later and they were still able to save and invest for a comfortable retirement. How did they do that? Well, they did it by saving a healthy amount annually and investing for the long term. So 56% saved between 6 to 20% while they were in their 40s, and 58% saved 6 to 20% in their 50s, while 42% didn't save for retirement at all in their 60s, and 39% saved 6 to 20% in their 60s. So the magic numbers seem to be between 6 to 20% savings, and even if you don't start in your 20s and 30s, as long as you're saving a healthy amount regularly and investing it, things can work out okay, in fact, really good. So that's the thing, you want to really focus on the saving and the investing today so that the future will take care of itself and you will have that comfortable retirement too it also requires taking some financial control over your money while 44% primarily made their own financial decisions 32% frequently made their own decisions with professional advice and 30% primarily relied on an investment professional so one-third were relying on a professional pretty much only and about two-thirds were making their own decisions with frequent decisions or frequent advice from a professional. That was really interesting to me too. That means that people are taking the time to learn their finances, to understand their own investments, to make their own investment choices, which I think is super healthy. Super healthy. To do that as a partner with your financial advisor rather than, you know, dropping your portfolio on their desk and saying, "You take care of it." That's not a healthy thing to do. You've got decisions to make. You need to be educated. You've got to take some active participation in your investments. I think that's really healthy. So since this was a survey of investment professionals clients, it's not really surprising that they had advice from investment professionals because we have that bias here to this survey and it's also not surprising that 54 percent said stocks were their highest performing asset class again that's because it's a little bias of this survey just by the nature of the people that we asked having a financial advisor already and their investment in vehicles vehicles included 66 percent were invested in traditional IRAs 53 percent in 401 K's 30 percent in defined benefit plans 27% in Roth IRAs, and 25% in tax-sheltered annuities. Aside from that, 17% had rental property. So they could have more than one, so that's why it adds up to more than 100. But interesting and and not surprising, the bias would be towards stocks in this group. Again, just the nature of how we contacted these people through their financial advisor. The regrets that people had about selling their investments too soon were interesting. They, they did have a few regrets, meaning they felt they made some mistakes with investing. Yes, selling too soon, panicking in bad markets, being over leveraged in real estate. That just proves that an investor's mindset is very important for long-term investing. So even in spite of mistakes that are caused by emotion... The successful retirees still had enough to provide a comfortable retirement, and they still had enough time to recover from some of those issues. So we're not going to have a perfect investment record. You're not going to win all the time. You're going to have cycles move against you sometimes. You're going to make some bad decisions at some times. You're going to maybe panic or get emotional at some point and make a decision that either to buy in irrational exuberance or sell when things are, you know, going to heck in a handbasket. So what are the takeaways? Here are the 10 solid tips I would say after looking at this survey. There's 10 things I picked out for you that will provide a comfortable, no-worry retirement for you. Number one, try to save 6 to 20% of your income regularly. So again, focus on the savings and the investing today and the future will take care of itself. Number two, invest in a tax-sheltered retirement vehicle like an IRA, 401k, or pension plan. I call that the envelope that you put your investments in. So that envelope having some tax-sheltered characteristics, tax-deferred characteristics, even tax-free characteristics like Roth IRAs, Really can help make your money go farther. So you want to use those vehicles whenever you can And of course in a 401k you have the advantage of matching most of the time from your employer as well free money we always like number three Pay a little extra on your mortgage as I mentioned one twelfth extra per month So you make one extra payment per year And that will help you own your home outright at retirement. As long as you're looking down the road 20 years into what house you need, where you want to live, what's going to suit you. You know, are you just starting a family or are you an empty nester and you're looking toward retirement? Those are two very different housing situations. But they're things that you want to look out 20 years and really make plans to be in that house for a long time. You can always reinvest and uh, remodel and that will save you a lot of money rather than paying all those realtor commissions and moving expenses and moving over and over and over, that money just disappears from your net worth. Rather than that, make a good long-term decision with your house, use that realtor commission that you would pay to buy and sell to move, reinvest it back in remodeling your home and keep that equity and net worth in place. Number four, invest in stocks for the long term. No matter what, stocks are a solid backbone to any investment portfolio because over the long term, they provide that 8 to 10% average annual return that will get you the high enough compounding rate to build wealth for you. If you don't get into a higher compounding rate, it's going to be very, very difficult to build wealth. You've got to look for what are the best compounding rates you can get over the long term, and stocks have been an excellent and very fundamental investment for many successful investors. Number five. Don't panic, or if you do, don't stay out of the market too long. Get back in while prices are low. So if we do have another watershed collapse uh, like we did in 2008 and 2009, which I fully think we quite likely can have in 2016, I think that, you know, we want to be watching for a bottom. We want to be watching for uh, when would be a good time to get back in and buy and be contrary to the market. Be prepared with our emotions to watch for a buying opportunity, to know that a rebound will come. And to be looking to invest in that rebound opportunity. Number six, keep the car expenses low and don't buy new cars too frequently. Invest the money instead. So, again, I've already covered this, but you wanna buy cars a few years old, pristine condition, keep them in good upkeep. There are documented cars now, I think there are 10 documented cars that last over 300,000 miles. So be really aware of how much cars cost and the opportunity costs that you have by buying a car rather than investing and building wealth for yourself. If you continue to buy new cars, that's money just going out the window, depreciation going out the window. You're never gonna get that money back in your net worth. It's just gone. So rather than buying frequent new cars, Buy a new car that will last a very long time and take really good care of it. Number seven, carry Medicare coverage in retirement and be ready to have that coverage to cover your health care concerns. Number eight, spend less than your monthly income. Of course, everyone knows you should spend less than you make and that's something that is very important at some points like up until age 46 that's when you're spending your maximum is at age 46 according to harry dent and that's when you're in your maximum debt that's when you owe the most on your house you're probably upgrading and buying a bigger house uh, you're probably buying some cars you're probably paying for college there's a lot of debt going on and it's usually maximized right about age 46 that's your maximum spending But after that, try and start saving as much as you can. And, of course, always save as much as you can. But realize that you do have life to uh, experience and you do have these costs in life and bills in life that are normal and come up for people. So... You know, understand you are going to have time when your cash flow is tight and you're going to have other times when your cash flow is really high because your expenses are very low. Typically people in retirement don't need to buy a lot of clothes, don't need to buy a lot of new cars, don't need to buy new houses. So their expenses tend to be a lot lower. Number nine, educate yourself about investing and certainly I will help you with that with this podcast and learning about where you can invest, how to invest, and why investing is so important to get to those higher compounding levels that will help build wealth for you. And number 10, eliminate consumer debt. Of course, you wanna get rid of the credit card debt. Again, I feel that investing in retirement is more important than paying off your home mortgage, and I don't see anything wrong with having a home mortgage just pay a little extra each year that will help pay it down, but keep you in control of lower payments and have more flexibility with your mortgage. So those are the 10 ways, this 10 tips I have for a comfortable, no-worry retirement. And again, I just want to say the main focus of this whole survey to me was if you get the savings and investing right, then you may find yourself in that 51% that had no financial concerns and the financial freedom that your heart truly desires. So your action step for today is to focus on one of the 10 steps that you're not feeling like you're really doing a good job on. Focus on one of those 10 steps and take action. And I'll go through the 10 again really quickly. Number one, save 6 to 20% of your income regularly. Number two, invest in a tax-sheltered retirement vehicle like IRAs, 401Ks, or pension plans. Number three, pay one twelfth extra payment per month, so you make one extra payment per year. Number four, invest in stocks for the long term. Number five, don't panic. Keep your emotions intact and get back in the market while prices are low. Number six, keep your car expenses low and don't buy new cars too frequently. Invest the money instead. Number seven, carry Medicare coverage in retirement. Number eight, spend less than your monthly income. Number nine, educate yourself about investing. And number 10, eliminate consumer debt. So your action step is to pick one of those and work on doing a better job. So... Pick the one that spoke to you and see what improvement you can make. What you learned on this show were how 500 retirees realized a solid retirement income. You learned about their biggest fear in retirement being their medical expenses and possibly outliving their income someday. And you learned how they retired successfully even if they didn't start saving until their 20s or 30s. By saving that healthy amount of 6 to 20%. And you learned my 10 solid tips for a comfortable, no-worry retirement. So I want to thank you for listening today. I also want to thank you for ratings and reviews of the show. I really, really appreciate the great reviews you've given me. And I get such joy reading what you have to say about the show. I really, it just makes my day. It really does. And it helps the show too. It helps other people see the show. Those ratings keep the show up and in front of other people. So I really, really appreciate that. Have you signed up yet for 21 Days to a Wealthy Mindset? Let me just tell you that it doesn't matter where you're starting from, whether you make a lot of money or you don't. People from all walks of life with every limitation have been able to overcome whatever obstacles they have to become wealthy. And it is possible for you to build wealth. I also think a mindset's important because your thoughts and beliefs have energy that when focused have the power to impact your life. And that's according to scientific evidence. like Books like The Field and Biology of Belief have shown us our mindset is super important on even physical matter. And as a financial expert, I like to teach people about mindset. I think that is the most overlooked part of wealth building and the most important part. I truly believe probably 90% of wealth building really starts in your mind with your decision to make wealth, with your thoughts about what's possible for you, and with your decision to take action and actually do some investing and do something about the wealth building that you want. So go on over to my website at BeWealthyAndSmart.com and sign up for 21 Days to a Wealthy Mindset. I've got audios and videos, information I've put together for you on a daily basis so that over 21 days will change your mindset from lack to wealth. So go on and get started at BeWealthyAndSmart.com. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart.